0: Before we start this podcast, I'd like to remind you that when you're building your maker business, it's helpful to have both a business plan and a brand strategy. At georgesupplyco.com, I've spelled out all the parts of a brand strategy, including pre-purchase, in-purchase, and post-purchase branding in a free post titled, How to Build a Brand Strategy. You'll find a link on the front page of George Welcome to the Business for Makers Podcast, brought to you by George Supply Co episode we explore topics you need to know to grow your maker hobby into a maker business and brand. I'm Scott Sherbins. This week let's do a little business 101 with 15 business terms you absolutely positively need. With the Business for Makers news desk. And we'll, of course, we'll start with lumber pricing. According to TradingEconomics.com, lumber prices held around $525 per 1,000 board feet, which is just after touching a four month high on November 24th. Investors continue to weigh demand against tighter supply. We're in a strange place right now of higher housing starts supported by higher housing demand, but tempered by high interest rates. Turning now to business news, IRS regulations requiring Venmo and PayPal to report your sales has been delayed again. According to CBS News, the IRS last week said it is again delaying the implementation of a 2021 law that requires payment platforms such as Venmo, PayPal, and Cash App to send tax forms called 1099-Ks to anyone who received more than $600 in the current tax year. It's the second consecutive year the IRS has delayed enacting the new regulation. On Tuesday, the agency said it will push the regulation back another year to reduce taxpayer confusion after hearing from taxpayers, tax professionals, and the payment processors. Instead, the IRS will rely on the pre-existing threshold that is more than 200 transactions that exceed $20,000 in income a year before the apps have to uh, report your income. What does that mean to you? Well, possibly not much. At this point, to be compliant with tax law, you should be claiming all your income from the sale of your products on your tax return. Assuming you're a sole proprietor or an LLC, regardless of how the funds are paid to you. But at some point, the third party apps will be charged with notifying the IRS through that 1099K form of any transactions you received through their app that they can identify as a business payment versus reimbursing Aunt Noreen for those Def Leppard tickets. In social media news, According to socialmediatoday.com, Meta last week showcased two new generative AI projects that will eventually enable Facebook and Instagram users to create videos from text prompts, which could have a valuable application. Both projects are based on the Meta's EMU, that's E-M-U, AI research project, which explores new ways to use generative AI prompts for visual projects. Of course, it's hard to imagine all the possibilities right now, but as far as makers are concerned, the first tool, which is the EMU Edit tool, will enable you to upload a a video of your product and edit the video in some fashion. For example, you can tell AI to remove the background and show the item on a beach at sunset with a UFO passing over. The other tool, which is the EMU text to video tool, will allow users to create a video completely from scratch, either for supporting their brand or simply for the sake of the art itself. Now, in my case, for instance, my first thought is a video for Father's Day to support our Woodworks brand cigar ashtrays with a father receiving a gift box from a child. That's certainly something that it would allow me to create uh, a video that I couldn't otherwise create due to uh, cost uh, stipulations requirements, but I could with AI. So in both cases, the resulting video will have a watermark at the bottom left corner signifying that it's AI generated. And then finally, this week, Instagram announced on December 14th, it will be sunsetting the guides feature, which originally introduced in 2020. And that's it for the Business for Makers News Desk. This episode of the Business for Makers podcast is brought to you by GSC Adhesives CA Glue. Dries in seconds, forms a permanent bond on a wide variety of materials, perfect for filling knots and cracks in wood, ideal for general use home repair, and can be used with activator for instant drying. GSC Adhesives CA Glue is available at georgesupplyco.com. And we're back. This week, I'm starting a brief series of episodes explaining business terms every owner should be aware of. Now, even in the businesses I'm associated with today that are outside of George Supply Company, I find that there are owners and principals who do not understand these basic terms and their impact on their profits. In reality, many owners do not even study business in school, which is understandable, but suddenly find themselves in business providing their product or their skill to others. So this week, let's start from the beginning, a little business 101, with 15 business terms that you absolutely, positively at least need to understand. I'll preface this by saying, you don't need to understand how to calculate these things. You just need to know what they mean so that when you're having a conversation with your accountant, your banker, uh, or your other principals, you can have, you know what everyone is talking about. So term number one, we'll start at the top with revenue. This is the total income generated by a business from its primary operations. Now this includes all the cash, all the checks, all the PayPal, all the Venmo, all the credit cards, all the income that your business generates. Number two, profit. This is the amount of money a business earns after deducting expenses from its revenue. In other words, what's left over after supplies and rent utilities are all paid for. Remember, you don't support your family or pay yourself on your revenue or your Instagram followers. You pay yourself on your profit. Number three. Cash flow, this is the movement of money into and out of your business, reflecting its liquidity and its ability to meet short-term obligations. Understanding cash flow is critical. Here's an example. Suppose you have a great revenue and profit month and you're expecting to pay yourself as a result at the end of the month, but the money isn't in the bank at the end of the month because you had to buy a couple slabs for next month's project. You can quickly see that even more important than forecasting revenue and profit by month is forecasting cash flow by month. Business plan is number four. This is a formal document outlining your business's goals, the target market, your strategy, and your financial forecasts. Now, is a business plan document absolutely critical? No. Is the, but is the process of thinking it through and developing a strategy and doing the research necessary to have a plan, is that critical to business success? Absolutely. Dwight D. Eisenhower said, quote, plans are nothing, but planning is everything, end quote. Term number five is ROI or return on investment. This is a measure of the profitability of an investment that's calculated as a ratio of the net profit to the initial cost of the investment. Okay. That sounds a little complicated, but it's really very simple. For example, if you went and purchased a planer for $500, which allow you to make an additional $5,000 in profit. Your ROI would be 900%. How is that calculated? You take the initial investment of 5,000, I'm sorry, the initial sales of $5,000. You deduct the initial investment, which was 500. So you made yourself an extra $4,500, right? You divide that by the $500 investment, That's 900%. Again, intuitively, you can imagine that if you invested 500 and got back 5,000, your return is going to be some percentage that's got a bunch of zeros in it, right? It's going to be a big number. It's going to be good. Do you need to know how to calculate ROI all the time? No, but if you're having a conversation with somebody and they say your return on investment is going to be X and Y. If you buy this from me, you need to understand what that means. Number six, budget. This is just like your family budget. This is a financial plan outlining the expected revenues and expenses over a specific period. It's just like your household budget. This is a plan for your revenues and your expenses by month and for the year. Term number seven is market research. This is the systematic gathering and analysis of information about markets, including target customers and competitors that informs your business decisions. Now, this might be as simple as understanding who attends the next market you're attending and what other vendors are going to be there, right? Who are the customers? Who's your competition? Or It might be identifying that your customer now expects your products to be personalized. You did a quick questionnaire and found out, you know what? The customer wants, everybody wants their name lasered. That's market research. Number eight. The number eight term is assets. You've heard this before. This is everything of value that a business owns. This includes the equipment in your shop, materials you have on hand, cash in the bank. And then number nine is liabilities. These are debts and other financial obligations of a business. This is loans on your equipment. The second mortgage payment that you took to build your shop out back, etc. So number 10, is a balance sheet. This is a report that calculates the value of your business and it subtracts your liabilities from your assets. It's a quick snapshot of your business that helps a lender understand what your business is worth. This report will likely be required to get a business loan. So this is something you would have your accountant do or you might, if you do your own books, it would be something you would pull from QuickBooks. But it is the value of everything you own in the business less whatever uh, liabilities you have against all those assets, right? So obviously a large positive number tells the bank that, You know, it's a healthy business and should you default on your loan, quite frankly, they have a bunch of stuff they can sell to get their money back. That's what this balance sheet is about. Number 11, a similar topic uh, along the same topic lines is called equity. This is the residual interest in, uh, in the assets of a business after deducting liabilities. So based on the balance sheet calculation, right? Your assets minus your liabilities, your equity, it might be positive or negative. So you take your assets, you subtract your liabilities, that gives you a number. That's called your equity. Again, it's most likely only useful if you're going to get a loan, but at least you need to know what the lender is asking you for. Number 12, break even point. This is the level of sales at which a business covers its costs and neither makes a profit nor incurs a loss. So this is the minimum level of revenue you need to at least cover your monthly expenses. Number 13, supply chain. This is the network of individuals, organizations resources activities and technology that's involved in creating and delivering a product or a service for example this would include the vendors that you purchase supplies from either online or in person and might also include where they get their supplies from especially if you specialize in a regional product like Pacific Northwest num- lumber. Number 14, pricing strategy. The approach a business takes to set the prices of its products or its services. For a maker, this is how you calculate pricing for both inventory items and custom orders. It may include some calculation that includes an hourly fee or a fee based on linear feet, or simply a total quote for a project. This may include what level of transparency you provide to the customer. So you might like to show how you calculate your quote. Or you might say, it's $2,000 for me to make it, and it's zero for me not to. That is your pricing strategy. And number 15, customer relationship management, or something called a CRM. These are strategies, technologies, and practices that businesses use to manage and analyze customer interactions and data through their lifecycle. In, in basic terms, how do you keep track of your customers and their contact information and the details of their prior orders, etc.? Maybe their preferences. Maybe what you've built for them before and what they are asking for in the future. Now, your website that processes your orders might have this information already, and you might just, you know, add more information to that system, or you might export it all and put it into a dedicated CRM system that's more robust and offers more services. The decision's up to you. But there you have it, 15 business terms that you absolutely, positively need to know. It wasn't that difficult, right? We're going to make a business pro out of you yet. I'm Scott Shervitz, and thank you for listening to the Business for Makers podcast. Brought to you by George Supply Company. And thank you to my co-author, Brian Shervitz teacher and instructional designer in St. Louis. Subscribe to our podcast to get regular insights and tips for building your maker business. And you can get more information about building your brand, selling merch, and maintaining your business operations all at georgesupplyco.com. You want to build your brand as a maker one place to start is to wear sell and give away apparel and gifts with your logo it introduces others to your brand and gives you an opportunity to start a conversation about what you do george supply company offers over 100 items for you to brand all with no minimum order or inventory investment available at georgesupplyco.com. Powered by Riverside FM.